This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Hello, Jennifer. Hello, Richard. It's so lovely to see you. You're a symphony in blue straps today. I am. I have these, I have long dresses that I wear, and they, I mean, well, whatever. Yes, the straps. <laughs> How are you? How's everything going? And happy end of summer. <laughs> it's been, the energy this week has been, kept me incredibly busy. I cannot stay ahead, it feels like, of all the emergencies, but that's what I do, I guess. Right? Okay, and you know, um, I've talked to quite a few people who've had some pretty unusual things happening. So let's invite our friend Luana Anders, who moderates our class on the flip side. By the way, it's great to see you. Oh, it's great to see you as well. And what's funny about Jennifer and I, we've been doing this for eight years every week. And think about how unusual that is to do anything every week for eight years. But <laughs> we get a chance to sort of reconnect every time. I don't see her. I don't hear from her until this moment. <laughs> then you get a smile on. Then think for a second about our friend Luana Anders, who passed away in 1996, and how she started showing up in my life years later. And now I talk more to Luana every week than I did when she was on the planet. So let's ask Luana, is there anybody on her list, or what does she want to talk about today? She just told me to calm my heart down. That's okay. she, she showed me the waves of being really bumpy. I'm like, okay. Oh, and a reminder, this is good for everyone too. I have to remind myself, it's not about, it's not happening to me. It's just around me. Mm. And if I stay in that, you know, if I center myself and I'm fine, I just have to keep reminding myself because otherwise I take it on and that's not, I'm not going to be good to anybody. I'm going to be that snotty, you know, that doctor that has a cold that people come to that want help. <laughs> they don't want that. They need me to be strong, especially with the content lately that I've been dealing with. But well, also, I would just point out, I've heard it quite a bit on our Quora forum, Hacking the Afterlife, where people, they talk about a list of things that have happened to them, have happened to loved ones, have happened to people around them. And I try to remind them, you can't control events, mm -mm. you can't control how you react to them. Correct. And so if you allow yourself to say, okay, there's going to be chaos, there's going to be storms that come up every now and then, my ability to react to them is really what counts. Correct. Okay. Thank you, Luana. Hold on. She said, everyone right now is really not escaping what's happening energetically. Things are just a little bit off. And then she put in my mind, I'm looking at the ocean right now, and it's overcast again. We've had the coldest summer I think we've ever had in the South Bay, yeah. right? I'm not complaining. I'm very grateful for where <laughs> I live. Who I have to look at the ocean. I know, I know. Why not? But she's just saying that that's, you know, it's super hot in places that weren't, weren't as hot before. Like, it's just the whole, that's just the temperature. Then you take, you know, people that are around um, chaos. And it's just, this week has just been a little bit, the last two weeks have been a little bit more than I'm normally used to. Well, let's ask Lou, is that any related to what's happening on the planet or off the planet? Or is that just the ups and downs of living? Huh. Sun flares? Okay. That happens quite often, and it does affect communications. I'm sure, you know, if we can be affected by the lunar cycles because we're so much water, and it's an infant, you know, infinitesimal 
decimal amount, but we get affected by it. I can understand how solar flares that happened that blast and there I think there was like one of the largest ever on record recently, whatever well, you know, whatever that means. It's not even something that's in my awareness. So when she showed me that like the solar flares, that's she says that's number one. And number two, it's just energetically the people are just she's showing me like a bunch of cars going at the same like speeding or not speeding, but just going at the same time, but they're all bumping around. Like <laughs> bumper they're, cars. Bumper they're bumper cars, but they're like, but we're contained in the car, but we don't realize that we're just being kind of shaken up a little bit. And then the third one is emotionally people. Oh, interesting. Hmm. <laughs> that was just an interesting way of putting it. She says that a lot of people, it's like keeping whatever's going on inside. So you're cutting off communication with people, which then leads them to get their own thoughts, right? Which is also a dangerous place for some people um, to have those loops. When if there was more communication with one another about what's going on, there might not be such a uh, question mark or such a, because it, because you, you, what you think is probably a lot, like it's a lot worse than what's really happening. Right, what you're thinking, what you're creating with your mind and your stress right. and your fears, always. So let's ask her uh, a specific question. That, right? What's a way for us as people on the planet on stage to uh, affect change in that way? What What should we do? Love. Love, love. ourselves. <laughs> love, our, love ourselves. But, I mean, is there a way to reduce the amount of awareness of bumper cars? I mean... Maybe I'm fishing for meditation as an answer. I don't know. Yeah, of course, meditation. But she's she's meditation is an answer. Is the answer. Um, some people, you know, use prayer. Um, but you can pray all you want if you're not okay. That's interesting. What we talked about, I think, last week. Like if there's not, you know, your thoughts are your electrical charge, right? Your emotions, you know, carry a lot more weight. They're your magnetic charge that comes back to you. So if you if you're utilizing meditation to quiet your mind, those are the feelings that you get, right? So it's a little bit quicker than trying, to, and I'm not saying anything about, I think there's a huge power with prayer, but maybe pray more with the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions, if you're going to use it that way. Interesting. And I was just reading something about uh, Matthew Ricard, who is a pretty famous monk, they tested him a lot. They call him the happiest person on the planet, mainly because he's gamma rays or so. But he, they were just talking to him in the New York Times magazine. We're asking him about, about how it is that he keeps himself so even keeled despite chaos and things happening. And sometimes he says it's about compassion. If you meditate on compassion or if you physically do compassion, hospice care, walking up somebody else's pet, going to an animal shelter and helping out. If you do something that's selfless, you can't focus on self because you're so busy trying to help somebody else. And that apparently is another recipe to sort of avoid the bumper cars. You see somebody getting their bumper car, you go, hey, how can I help you? What right. can I do for you? And, and you know, what I've learned this week, um, which is a family situation, you know, families are really tough, right? Some families, you know, when you get your siblings, you know, I have six other siblings, you know, we have different opinions um, and they're all, none of them are right or wrong. It's just, 
I think that sometimes you just have to listen. Mm. Sometimes just listening shows compassion. Let somebody vent. But again, don't take it on. Don't, you know, don't avoid the person because you know they're going through something. Actually talk to them and say, hey, I'm here. You just want to talk. Well, that's hard to do. (laughs) That is hard to do. And it's great advice. But, you know, we we do have a tendency to go, I, I, I," you know, I had a conversation with somebody the other day and I, this guy said something that just, I kind of went, what? And then I tried to refocus that and, and then argue the you know the data and the research and clearly it was going right over his head because he'd already made up his mind well yeah and the other thing that i was just oh shoot just left hold on sorry it's okay no 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 it's okay check yourself every morning and make sure you're doing what's right for you whether that's eating properly getting enough sleep um Drinking enough water. That has a lot. It's interesting. We all know this. It has a lot to do with your emotional outcome later. Focusing on yourself a little bit, person in the mirror. It's I, my girlfriend, Jessica, you know, Jessica, she actually brought me back. I used to take this for granted, not for granted, but I'm like, I'm always in this, right? So I don't need, that's my spiritual practice, but that's not. You know, I have to work on my spiritual practice every morning. And I know that my days are much better when I focus on that in the morning, whether it's listening to a meditate, you know, doing meditation or doing, you know, divination cards, or, you know, I just write and see what comes in of things that I need to do. Or if I have questions, I am so much better off when I start my day that way. It's interesting. It's like working out your muscles or your lungs and also working out your spirituality, taking it out for push-ups. Letting your spirituality. Well, Luana, I have a question for you. Is there anything that's been going on in the past couple of weeks that you want to address or talk about? I mean, I recently I wrote an essay about a uh, thing that Plato wrote about. I just dove into this thing. I thought, wow, wouldn't it be interesting if we examined the first near-death experience like in history and compared it to the near-death experiences today? If they're accurate, wouldn't it make sense that somehow whatever they said 2,500 years ago in Plato's Republic about this guy? Anyway, does Luana want to talk about that, or did, did they all just plant that in my mind and I'm done? Mm. They definitely planted it in your mind, and what they're showing me, it's almost like a – have you heard of a Merkaba, correct? Sure. The lines, like, so when I think of a Merkaba, I think of all these lines, you know, going different places and they put you in the center of that. So it's like blueprints that are coming down that have connections everywhere. That's the, that's the vision that they gave me just now. Um, there's going to be more, it's just going to, you're going to get more connections with Well, that. if I can comment on that for one second, a Merkaba is a traditional, uh, like a vehicle is the term itself, but it's also like a form constant where people talk about geometric shapes. That's right. kind of, people talk it's, about that. It's In, also, go ahead. It's also known how spirit travels. How, like the vehicle for traveling of spirit. But the point is that 2,500 years ago, and as we've spoken here before, 2,500 years to them is not what it's like, it's a month ago to them on the right. flip side. But in this particular near-death event, in the midst of the account of what this guy, he went to his council, and, and they said things to him like, you choose each lifetime, so you can't punish yourself 
for choosing a lifetime that has difficulty. So when you come back here, you can't blame yourself for choosing something that in the parameters right. had, had issues. So you chose to be a thief, but even while you chose to be a thief, you can still do good things as a thief, let's say. You don't have to be malevolent. So that's what they were pointing out, that you can't judge yourself in the, the way that we do. But there are so many things that he said, there were about eight of them, that he was told that are literally in divine councils of the afterlife, where you've heard, you know, Christmas Carol, there's the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. Right. In this uh, near-death experience in Plato's Republic of Ur, is his name, E-R, he meets three fates, past, present, future. And then I realized that people that I've met on divine councils or on the councils, they say, well, I represent history. I represent the past of your journey. I represent the present of your journey, the potentiality of who you're going to be. And each yeah. one of them, I realized that, so this whole idea of the three fates meeting you, in this case, sacred place, literally comes from where the councils come from. So it was really yeah. like a sledgehammer to my head. I just wondered if, you know, Lou wanted to talk about that. I guess for her point of view, it's like, yeah, right, whatever. You know, welcome to yeah, my... Yeah. But those are the, so those are the, I didn't realize that, you know, why she showed me that, that picture in my head with you in the center of all those lines going everywhere. But yeah. And hold on. I'm like, wouldn't she say, weren't we past, present, future right now? And she goes, and she started laughing. She's like, you can say that because over there right there is no past present future it's all at once well we've discussed this because when you do have a near-death experience you experience things sequentially like i saw my aunt and then i saw my uncle and then i saw my family so there is a linearity to the experience it's just that once you're off planet off the time and you know space frame you see things in a completely different way all together like 3d chess how each one affected the other one. It doesn't mean the future exists yet because those are likely outcomes. Those are possibilities. People on the flip side, people like yourself, can get a sense of the likeliest of outcomes. Every, if everybody does what they agreed to do, this is what's going to happen. You know, the world, the world would be a happy place. Well, or the world's going to be uninhabitable if we can see that everyone's going to continue doing this. So. We do have free will to change that paradigm. So we have to allow that it's possible that the likely outcome doesn't happen or happens in a different way for different reasons. That's so when she shows you that the point is, is that I can tap into an information stream from 2,500 years ago today mm -hmm. and see how it's all connected. Not me. You I mean, two yeah. All right, thanks for that, Luana. Is there anything anybody you want want to speak to, Lou, or bring forward, or have Jennifer focus on? Or he says it, it, it's just interesting. She's like, it's really important for people to know how to manage their energy. That's the focus that they wanted today. Okay, let's um, talk about that. How do you do that? You do what normally makes your internal space quiet. Okay. So whether it's to walk on the beach, whether it's a ride in your car by yourself, obviously we have meditation, you know, you've discussed meditation, right? Sure. Um, but sometimes that doesn't 
um, work for at church. Right, you could be sitting at church. Um, whatever, everybody's different, every culture's different. Um, that will help you more than you can ever imagine or think, the consistency of doing that at the same time even. So if you wake up at a certain time and you do it at the same time and create that ritual, that will help your energetic field not fill all the bumps that you're getting. You're able to look, thank you. You're able to look at it from a different, from a different view. Um, hold on. It's, you know, it's, it's being the observer of what's happening versus being connected to okay. what's happening. Trapped by the hook. But let yeah. me ask you, Lou, uh, is it possible, I mean, would it be valuable for a person to remember a moment or a photo like for example the my backdrop here is my hometown many mm -hmm. football games played here a lot of happy memories taking a photograph and transporting themselves into that moment when they felt at peace when they felt absolutely happy. and connecting to somebody you love and you that know? way just doing that every day and what she's saying we do it as a ritual perhaps every morning every evening before you go to bed put yourself in that happy place or that place that you felt unconditional love or family or comfort yeah, with whomever makes you feel that way. It was interesting because my dad, like this is, they're using this as an example. So last, it was Tuesday, um, I got the chills really bad. And when I get the chills really bad, I have to start figuring out, okay, who, who does this belong to? Is it somebody that just passed away? Cause usually they're just, they're somebody's trying to get my attention. And I kept getting my father and I'm like, okay. And then he showed me somebody in my family and he's like, you need to get a hold of this person. And I'm so grateful that I did because it changed the trajectory of a lot of things that happened in my family this week. And, but it took him, it took me having to, it took me working because it's a lot better for him to get a hold of me while I'm working because I'm already out in the ethers versus knocking on my door when I'm at home because I'm, I'm kind of, I, after talking for seven hours, right. I tend to go quiet afterwards, or I tend to like, you know, watch a mindless show or whatever it is that takes my mind, you know? Yeah. And so that's that's another point like it's a lot easier for spirit to talk to you or it's a lot easier for you to feel messages when you are in that space and that's Beautiful. why it's reminding thank you jim thanks for reminding her of that i remember when we first met after he had passed and He's that's his way of saying i love you um but i remember when we first met it was hard for you to sort of allow yourself to communicate with him because there was so much grief and sadness associated with his passing. And just to remind people, Jim was the one who came to us and I asked him, what's a method for to help people with grief? And he said, try to move grief to nostalgia. And you said, I don't know what that means. And so yeah. we asked him because he was here. And he said, well, grief is mostly sad memories and nostalgia has both sad and happy memories. And when you can move grief to nostalgia, you begin the healing process. So yeah. it's hugely invaluable from somebody you love who happens to be on the flip side. Right. And you can go through a crisis and still be happy. You can grieve and still be happy. People forget that. They think they're just meant to like stay and take it and 
not, you know, the best thing you can do is go out for a run and release it or move your body. Moving your body really does a lot for your mind. Um, and it's just something that, you know, that's another thing I think he taught us too. You can still grieve, but be happy at the same that's time. That's also, that's brilliantly put. I know people sometimes putting on music takes them away, takes them into another place. But this idea of shifting your focus, either because you're imagining you're with them or because you're helping somebody else is a way of of being doing ongoing, I don't know, compassionate exercises. It is something we should be doing every day. Like just getting in that quiet space, even if it's I'm like like my whole day at work and like, no, like 10 minutes, start off with like 10 minutes in the morning. You have 10 minutes to go to be quiet. You know, you can, if you can carve out 10 minutes, you know, it's going to do so much for you. If you can work out for 10 minutes, it's going to do a lot for you. If you can eat the right food, it's going to do a lot for you. And then they've just wrapped it up with a bow of gratitude. Like I, I do my best every night, despite what happened during the day to go through my gratitude list at night, because it takes me into a better dream state. Oh, interesting. Well, describe that. What do you mean? So my dreams are prolific. I get, you know, I have to pay attention to my dreams because sometimes it deals with my cases and I've been, I've had a lot of cases this week, um, dealing with well, stuff I won't even mention. Um, mayhem and chaos. Mayhem and chaos. Um, but so in order for me to fall asleep, like to go to sleep in a way that's more reverent. So, because otherwise my subconscious is just unruly is I've noticed just by going through my mind before I go to sleep about all the things I'm grateful for. And if I can't find anything, which I always do, it's my breath. It's being able to breathe. It's, it's being able to run. It's being able to work out. Like you'll always be able to find something. Um, and just, you know, and then it's kind of like a review of my day, but all the happy things, right? Things to be grateful for. Things to be grateful for. I don't know. That just has helped me tremendously. And I think that is something, if you could do that, I mean, if you can remember to do that at night, it also Because helps. the majority of us, we go over the things we're upset about. You know, we think, like, how am I going to fix that? I'm going to get that person back or I'll get revenge or whatever that is. And I, I mean, it's mind bending to even think that you could just completely change that paradigm and just think of happy thoughts. Think of happy thoughts before you get go to bed. I mean, how many times do you watch a show that, you know, it's a like a murder show or whatever, and you go to bed and then you have these terror dreams. You know, yes. that's, not, that's not good. Well, yes. some, sometimes my work is like that, so I, I I have to get it out of that mindset. Absolutely. Well, and I've also talked to some people on Quora. We've talked about this, where sometimes in a dream you realize that they're all actors, or that you're an actor in somebody else's dream. And when the dream starts to end, you start to wake up. You just turn around to everybody and say. I'd like to thank you all for appearing in my dream or allowing me to appear in your dream. And it's startling when they respond and they go, oh, you knew yeah. this was a dream? I'm like, oh, okay, well, we're not doing a good job. And not only that, it cuts the cord of whatever you felt wonky with. So whatever it was that you didn't like, how many times do you wake up? That is like the best thing. And then you tell yourself after that, that you're awesome. Like I'm amazing and I can... I do this every morning. I try to, if I remember correctly, like I can handle everything. Well, There's something about saying that, that actually gets into your energetic field. Because if I look at my day, I can paralyze myself, you know, with all the right. things. Worrying about how to, 
people I have to get back to or the cases that I'm working on or my clients, it's, it could be paralyzing. So I'm like, I can handle it all. And you know what? At the end of the day, I usually do. Right. That's brilliant. I can handle this. I can handle everything. That's fantastic. Well, and it goes with the idea that we choose to be here. I know people get upset when they hear that, but it is in the data. It's in the research. People say consistently, yeah, I chose, even in the, the, the commentary from Plato, this is, this guy is saying he's there is be told that he chose to be here. He chose this journey and, and that while you're here, you're learning stuff. But when you allow that, like, oh, wow, maybe I, maybe I'm learning something that I'm not even aware of. Maybe, maybe I'm helping somebody. Maybe I chose to help one person to get from, to realize they can handle it. Yeah. You know, if we can think for a moment that our entire life was just summed up by you, which is, I can handle it. And if one person hears that and it changes their paradigm, then we've done our job. On that note. (laughs) On that note, I know Jennifer's got to go. We're a little, little shy on our lengthy, but you know what, people, Watch the other podcasts because there's a couple of, you know, hour, two hour long ones we've got on here. All of it's interesting, all of it's fascinating, and all of it's the same information each time. Lead from the heart, lead with love. Don't forget to like yourself. (laughs) And you can handle everything. And you can handle everything. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your talent. Thanks for helping people. Thank you. Lots of love. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.